I have been absent for a couple months. Um, I've had some things go on that I'm, you know, trying to deal with and trying to make better. Um, I'm maybe two days out of a very low depression stage, so it's been quite hard for me the last couple of weeks. I've been to the bottom of the barrel, I feel. Um, I slowly dug my way out on Thursday, and Friday felt like I was absolutely on top of the world. I felt amazing. I felt great. I was, felt like I was finally in control again, and I was finally where I'd wanted to be all those weeks of being in despair and sadness, and it was just... It felt like an elephant took its, its foot off my chest. You know, I heard that quote on Amazon Prime. It's called, Take Me As I Am, Whatever I Am. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing. It has Anne Hathaway in it. It's these short little films. It's great. It's about a woman who's a big entertainment law lawyer, but she suffers from bipolar. Her her life is upside down. I care. I would. I love it. I mean, it's a great show. I would recommend you watching it. My only thing is the perception at the end of it is. I feel like it's kind of blown out of proportion because I feel like if I was to tell my boss, listen, I'm. I respect you. I. I enjoy working, you know, with you and for you and being your right-hand man, because that's kind of what I am at work, but I suffer from bipolar, I mean, he already knows I suffer from anxiety, and so, sitting down and having a conversation with him, and explaining to him that I'm bipolar, it doesn't mean that, you know, the main conception is, oh, she's going to be a flake, no, I'm not a flake, I'm a very hard worker, I'm very dedicated my job, I'm dedicated, dedicated to any job you, I am given, or I have the opportunity of working, I put my, forth my full effort, I may be at my lowest point, but I'm still going to go to work, I'm going to paint a smile on my face, and then I'm going to go home, and I'm going to cry, lay in bed, and just push through, it's who I am, well, last Wednesday, I was not able Tuesday or Wednesday, I don't know, I can't remember, days all run together, I couldn't even bear to get off the floor, I was crying so much, and, you know, my husband's been great, he's been so understanding, and, you know, to have someone who understands that, and then, when he saw me start coming out of this tunnel, he, he smiled, and he's like, it looks like you're real better, you're doing better, and I'm like, yeah, for the first time, you know, in these last few struggling weeks, I'm doing better, like, it meant so much to, like, see that he's slowly, after nine years of marriage, he's slowly starting to get it. Um, I wish I woke up the same time as he did every day, um, or at least days that he worked, um, works on, because then he can, he can see who I am when I wake up and not, like, when I get home from work, because... Sometimes when I wake up in a good mood, I go to work and my boss does something and I am 
I'm starting like this raging fit, and sometimes, unfortunately, my husband gets the, the tail end of why I'm raging, and why I'm not even raging, why I'm so mad. So I wish I could push through and wake up at, at you know 5:30 with my husband, so that he can see the mood I'm in when I leave for work in the morning. Um, but all that aside. Um, He's been hurting the last couple of, actually the last couple of months, but um, about the 31st of March is what really pushed me over. March, April is what really pushed me over the top. Um, I stepped in a hole in the backyard and I pivoted and my knee just stayed there and popped and it was probably the worst feeling. And I was doing good. I was working out. I was exercising. I was, you know, attending live classes. You know, I was getting myself going and getting myself stable and balanced again with my exercise. Because I was like, I don't need a gym. Like, I'm burning without, like, you know, with, without going to the gym. This is, this is great. I don't need the gym. So I bought, like, two memberships, like, monthly $4 memberships, $8 each club a month, like, for unlimited workouts, one is burned by Rebecca, the other one is BB Fit, um, with Bailey, and then I had Open Fit, which is $15 a month, um, Open Fit allows you to have, like, live classes where you can put your video up, and an instructor's gonna, you're gonna do this exercises that they're giving you, it's gonna give you the video of how to do it, and then you're gonna do it for, like, a certain amount of seconds, and then, you know, at the lower, like, left right corner, you're gonna see yourself, and an instructor's gonna see you. Nobody else in the class is gonna see you, but the instructor, so if you're doing something wrong, the instructor can be like, listen, fix your posture, bend that leg more, do this more, I mean, it's wonderful, I loved it, I was up to 60 classes, until I hurt my knee, but I couldn't put pressure on my kneecaps, so I was just like, you know, this is a lot on me, so I finally went to the doctors in April, and I told them, I said, the 31st, it was the absolute worst, I marked dates to like, when I, I started feeling more of the pain, because it's been like an ongoing thing for about like a couple months, but like, Sometime in March, it got worse, and in April, it just was excruciating. So I had my MRI, went for my MRI the beginning of May, and then yesterday I went for my, you know, my after appointment, and he said, grade three, you need surgery. And I, he's like, we can, you know, we can do it now, or you can continue to live, you know, with this. I said, I'm not living any longer with the pain I'm feeling. I said, there's days I can't even straighten my leg, you know, or I still have like a 15, 20 degree bend when I walk. I just, I can't do it no more. So come to find out that there's a little small tear in my inside, the inside of my knee, the meniscus that's on the in part that's on the inside and fluid has been leaking in there. And where there's fluid, that means that there's a buildup, which means there's a cyst in there. So there's a cyst that's basically, you know, pushing my meniscus tissue apart. So they're going to have to go in, do an arthroscopy, and I probably won't be able to drive for about three weeks. 
uh, at least three weeks. I, I know I'm not going to be weight-bearing on that leg for four weeks. Um, you know, I think after four weeks, I'll be able to start doing some weight-bearing and start getting some things moving. And, you know, it's Saturday. My boss asked me because I missed Tuesday that I come in and I work Saturday. I can't be there all day today. There's just no way. We got bad news last night. Um, around 10 o'clock, but I didn't want to text my boss and make it seem like I was flaking out on him, um, you know, to come into work today. So, you know, and he's like, well, when I told, I called him immediately after my appointment. It must have been about 3 o'clock. I called him immediately after my appointment, told him surgery Tuesday. You know, they're making me get tested for COVID um, and stuff like that. Um, I actually get to meet a new therapist on Monday as well, so that's great. That'll help me with my, you know, getting my mental health stable again so that when I'm home and then returning back to work, I am where I need to be with my mental health. I'm doing a lot better, but I'm tired of the swing. Um, so my boss is like, well, I'll meet you there. I'll give you a list of things I would like you to get done today, you know, and then um, and then we'll sit down. We'll talk about your shirt, about everything going on. So I'm very nervous, but this is this talk is going to be the time where it's just going to be him and I and I don't have to worry about other people walking in or people calling in the middle or him being very or him being distracted because it's a Saturday there's you know nobody should be calling in or coming in on a Saturday it should be him and I um so I'm very (laughs) excited but I'm very nervous because I know I'm going to be out of work for at least four weeks, so, um, you know, I'm, I, I have two options I really want to bring up to him, you know, you know, one being that, you know, hey, like, do you think I could try, you know, try to do some work from home, you know, I could, you know, I'm going to be sitting down, I'm not going to be doing any movement around, but, like, could I possibly do some work from home, I can't go without pay, you know, if he says, you know, I just want you to focus on your recovery, well, I mean, the only thing I can do is ask him to lay me off. And layoff would just mean that when I go into my unemployment portal like I do every week, I just say that I ended my assignment, um, that my return date is going to be, and that I could be four weeks from um, Tuesday or four weeks from Monday. This way I can collect my unemployment and my pandemic relief stuff so that I'm not worrying about, um, you know, missing any money. Um, I can just end, he just end my assignment at that point. And I don't think we really have enough work anyways for me to really be there right now. Um, so, you know, it might be better off that way anyways. I don't know. It's... I'm afraid of confrontation, so, like, half the time I'll say things that I want to say to people, and I don't say it because I'm afraid it's, you know, a confrontational thing. Um, I was a little upset with my husband last night over something. He, um, whenever me and my husband have issues, you know, he gets very upset and very hurt and very offended and mad and everything under the, under the dictionary of upset and disappointed that I am telling people what is going on in our marriage but on the same aspect if I do something that's like terrible or something that's bad 
he'll go to my parents and he'll tell my parents everything. And, and you know, sometimes that's okay. You know, he needs to vent. But I found out he's been telling people he's at the armory with, people that he's at Comcast with, and then like some outside friends slash acquaintances that he has. And I told him last night, I said, I'm irritated with you. And he's like, I don't understand why. He goes, if they're my friends, they're going to push through like I have and move on and not dwell on the situation. I said, that's not the point. The point is, you bring outsiders into our marriage. I said, if you're having a hard time dealing with something that I did, talk to my parents. Don't talk to Mr. So-and-so and Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so and and blah, 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 blah. I said, you're one of the main reasons I don't have any friends. And I know that sounds harsh, but it's 100% true. I had a good relationship with, with someone. And her and I were a little rough around the edges because we're two different people. You know, and my bipolar makes it hard to make friends anyway. So, you know, I, we were a little bit rough. We had our, like, separation. And then we would come back together and be friends. And then we separated and we would come back together but a lot of that is my fault because that's who I am that's my bipolar that's that's me that I get in my low days I don't want to contact anybody it's not that I need to it's just me well he comes back and he's like well I went to so-and-so's house you know he got me this vape you know because he noticed I was smoking a lot so he got me this vape I'm like that's great he's like yeah she asked about you you know I'm not going to mention her name she asked about you um, and how you were doing, and blah, blah, he's like, yeah, I explained that while I was away, you were off your meds, and you weren't doing anything to help yourself, and that, you know, now that you're taking care of yourself, you're the Kayla that I married, that hurt, because it wasn't anybody else's business what I was mentally going through while he was deployed, it was absolutely no one's concern, but mine and his, you know, it wasn't even my parents' concern, and he took it upon himself to tell them, you know, and basically use my mental health as an excuse, you know, and I didn't very much like that. Um, and then we have a set of, like, he has a friend that we let live with us for a while, and, you know, I he lived with us about two years until he met his girlfriend, and he moved out with his girlfriend, and I thought that I had a good relationship had a rocky relationship there was some issues between him and I and I thought that we had cleared everything up you know everything was good like you know his girlfriend saw my rage side and saw the different sides of my bipolar and my husband called him and he's like do you hate Kayla he's like no I just I just don't know how to take her I just think she needs help I felt like that was a huge slap in the face you know, because not only do I know that I need help, I don't need you pushing that in my face, and it makes me, like, they go out, they, like, show pictures of them going out, and, like, and her going out with, like, other people and hanging out, and I'm just like, I don't ever get invited out anywhere, you know, I don't get asked to do anything like that, you know, it's very upsetting, you know. I know partially some of that's my fault, and I've put onto this persona to people that, um, you know, that I'm kind of a chill joy to be around, I guess you could say, 
but um, you know, I, I don't get any invitations. I just see like them out on the town, and I'm just like, and then you know, my husband will tell me, oh, so and so invited me out, and with him, I was like, well, is she gonna be there? And he's like, yeah. I was like, so I, I wasn't invited. He goes, he didn't say anything. He just asked me if I wanted to come over and and play video games and blah blah blah. And I'm just like, so this is like pretty much like discriminating because he's not sure which mood I'm in. So he doesn't wanna he doesn't wanna deal with whatever mood I'm I'm fighting today. And my thing is, and these are like the godparents of my child. So it's like if you truly care about me know and truly love me and you tell me you love me every time like I text you or I or we hang up or we're leaving somewhere loving me means loving my bipolar and as hard as that is to say it's the truth if you're gonna love me you gotta love the bipolar too I mean it's not a I love you but not your bipolar so it's very difficult I know this has been a lot, and I've kind of gone in kind of different directions with this story, but with this podcast today, but I just wanted to catch you up on my life, and I plan on coming on here a lot more um, to to start doing one, hopefully once a day again, so that I can keep you up. I mean, I'll be home for about four weeks, so... I'll definitely be able to catch you up on everything going on in my mind and, and how I'm feeling. I'll let you know how I do after my birth and counseling session with my new therapist. So that will be a plus. Um, but until then, I'm Kayla, your host, and this is Mental Hurt. Hurt. Thank you. Hello everyone, welcome back to Mental Hurts, this is Kayla. It's been a wild ride, I've been gone for probably two months, I believe. (laughs) Um, Some things have happened in between with my health and um, my work and you know this crazy thing we're calling a pandemic. So I figured today would be the best day to start back up. And I am pushing myself to do one podcast a week. I think it would be great to try to get back in the swing of everything for all nine of my listeners. (laughs) Well, let's start with the pandemic. So about March 19th, my, my boss was like, you know, we, I can't afford to pay you right now. It's, you know, he runs a small business. And I was like, okay. So, schools are closed. I'm not working. I'm going to have to collect unemployment. This is scary. Well, I applied for unemployment. I didn't get anything. It was just crazy. My emotional state was happy yet scared because I wasn't able to pay my bills. And I didn't want to put that on my husband. Thankfully, um, a lot of the companies that I, you know, had bills with, like AT&T, um, a debt that I have with the U.S. Department of Treasury, um, were very awesome about working with me. I mean, my car place was not very 
warm and cozy and not getting a payment. TDL alone has probably been the worst company I've dealt with um, as far as car payments go. But what are you going to do? I mean, they're the only company I've worked with. They're probably worst companies out there. So about three weeks on unemployment, not getting any money, you know, teach, trying to homeschool a four-year-old turning five, and it was just a mess. At that point, I was just like, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do, but we're going to we're gonna go with the swing of it. Um, my boss is like, hey, do you want to start working from home? I'll pay you to start working. And I was like, that's great. I was like, but, you know, I don't have access to the files. You know, there were so many integral pieces that were just missing And I was like, I'm going to give this a try. So for the first like two weeks, he's like, I just want you to call people, tell them what's going on. Gotcha. We don't have that many clients. It's going to take me two weeks, you know, but slow process. Week three, he's like, I want you to start coming to the office, picking up boxes every Monday and we'll, we'll work on something. And I'm like, okay, great. Let's, let's do this. Well, May rolls around and he's like, you know, I want you to start coming back into the office. Um, I was like, crap, I gotta find, I, and he only gave me like three days notice for this so it was very hard because I had to find a babysitter for Monday through Wednesday because my husband was off on Thursdays and Fridays unless he had a commitment on Friday um for the guard so I was like oh my god I don't know anybody I don't know what to do and I don't know if they're having the Camp Cavalier at the school my son was attending and so I found someone to take him for me and honestly I did not want to go back to work. I wanted to stay home. I was starting to get really depressed. My mood swings were starting to get really bad because I wanted to be home. I was used to being home for about a month and a half, month and two weeks I believe. Month and, It was really close to two, two months. And then instead of easing me in like a half day here, half day, half day, and then starting Monday on a full day, it was like, no, full day, full day, full day, full day. Um, And at one point he had me doing like a 12 hour shift and I couldn't take it. I just, I was like, I can't do it. It's just, I, I just can't. So now we're up to June 1st. Well, technically not um may about may 16th i went to my orthopedic doctor i've been having problems with my left knee for a long time i mean it's come and gone pain and it was just getting worse by the minute um he sent me for an mri x-rays everything we'll come to find out i needed surgery And he scheduled my surgery for a Tuesday. And I'm like, well, this is great. Beginning of the week and I'm going to need surgery. So I had to explain to my boss, you know, not even two weeks back. And I have to have surgery and I'm going to be out for, the doctor said four weeks. But my boss was like, I need you back in two. And I'm like, I don't know if I can handle that. Like, he's like, well, what if I, you know, he gave me all these stipulations. And it was like. 
worrisome because I I didn't think I would be ready. Um, some things between me and my boss occurred the day before surgery and the whole week, two weeks I was out. I mean, very kind of unprofessional things went on and I was not very happy. I did not want to go back to work. Well, June 1st, I went to my appointment on the 29th um, for my to get my sutures out. Well, what I found out was that I don't have a meniscus in my left knee anymore. I have maybe, I have less than half. I don't even know how much, but I know I have way less than half. Um, so he's like, you're going to need a donor meniscus, a cadaver. I'm going to send you to a doctor who's going to do the transplant surgery. He's great with this type of stuff. He knows what he's doing. He's like, I trust him. So we're going to send you there. Well, I told him, I said, during, you know, after the surgery, I had all sorts of complications. Like from the waist down, I was purple. I was bruised. And then from the waist up, I was red. It was irritating. I had pins and needles in my hands and feet. And I mean, the pins and needles have kind of been there since I had my son about five years ago. So I was used to it, but not used to it. And then when I had this rash, it just got worse. So when I met with the, uh, you know, I explained to my boss, I have to go meet with this transplant surgeon, you know, on this day. So I'm going to be gone half the day. And he's like, well, as long as you make up your time, I'm okay with it. So went to the transplant doctor. I showed him the pictures, explained that, you know, I was, I've been having pain since my son was born. And, you know, when I, every time I have a surgery, this happens. And I showed him the pictures of the rash. He's like, you have CRPS, which is complex regional pain syndrome. Basically it's, it affects the immune system and the nervous system. It's classified as a autoimmune neurological disorder. Um, so basically my body just suffers from chronic pain. And I, my husband always told me, Oh no, it's, you know, people who have mental, um, he called it mental dysfunctions suffer from pain, but the pain's not really there. Well, the doctor's like, no, your pain is very real. When you have surgery or when you have a procedure done, this is what's always going to happen because your immune system and your nervous system can't take it. And I said, okay. I said, but I get tattoos all the time. <laughs> you know, some people say they're extremely painful. I said, I have them on my ribs and they didn't hurt. He's like, certain, it's certain types of pain is what affects it. And so I was, you know, very shocked to hear this. Um, but I finally got an answer to what I have. He's like, I'm sending you to this doctor, pain management doctor. He, I told him exactly what I diagnosed you with. He's like, this is exactly what's going to happen. He's like, you're going to meet with him. Blah, blah. Well, but three days later, I get a call from this lovely lady and she's like, we're scheduling you for an epidural lumbar injection. And I'm like, excuse me. I said, I thought I was just having a consultation. And then we were going to go from there. And she's like, they want to attack this aggressively because you were due to have your transplant anywhere between three weeks to three months. And we want to get this in before you're in your transplant. And I'm like, okay. So July, this July on the 24th, I'm scheduled to go and get my lumbar epidural injection. I'll be down and out for probably about 
for the whole day Friday and then probably half a, a good part of Saturday. And I'm like, thank goodness I'm doing this on a Friday. I don't have to go back to work because I'd be missing two days instead of just one. Um, explained it to my boss and, you know, he was really cool about the whole thing. Um, so, you know, I've been trying to slowly make up my hours for what I'll be missing on Friday. And, um, I think I'm pretty close to six hours now that I've made up. So I'm not, I'm not honestly too concerned anymore. I'm concerned about the injection, but at the same time, I'm like, I need this. My body needs it. It's time. But my mental health has not been the greatest. I called out of work twice because I was so mentally unstable that I called my husband on my and I'm sobbing and he can't understand what I'm saying. I'm like, I can't do this today. I can't get off the bathroom floor. I just can't do it. So, you know, he has called me out of work twice and, um, just told my boss that I was sick, which I mean, it's not a lie. I just, couldn't get off the bathroom floor and you know my husband's like I'm gonna come home and work and I'm like no don't worry about it I laid in bed all day crying and I just couldn't bring myself to get out of bed thank goodness my son was with my parents you know at that time um so and at one point and the one time he was supposed to go to the sitter I text her and I'm like listen my bipolar is bad I'm I'm in a state of I can't bring myself to get off the floor you know, he's not going to come today. And she's like, no, I get it. I understand. She's like, you know, don't worry about it. You know, you take what the time you need. Go outside. That's everybody's, fi- like, fix for everything. Go outside. And I'm like, I can't. I can't get off the floor. It just doesn't work. Well, here we are, July 1st, three weeks out from my um, epidural injection. No date for the surgery, but I am trying to live the best life I can um it's hard I'm sad I'm angry I'm in pain sometimes it's it's a lot to handle but I'm getting there but until this until next time once a week I promise I will post a podcast um I hope you enjoyed my array of weird background noises um But until again, I'm Kayla and this is Mental Hurts.